Hey, hey, podcasters. We are back with another edition of the Shooter's Touch. I'm Adam here with Brian. And Brian, we had an exciting matchup this weekend uh, with the Panthers and the Bulldogs. Great game to watch. Uh, I know you got to catch the second half. Um, and uh, also pretty pretty cool experience for me. Got to uh, witness uh, the recognition of the 1968-69 Drake men's basketball team that uh, actually – made the final four. So it, all around exciting day at the nap center. Yeah. Yeah. That was really neat. Obviously from, from everything that those guys, uh, they had, a um, sound like a week long celebration, being able to celebrate that team and then the throwback jerseys and all the stuff that, um, um, went along with that was, was neat to see. And, um, interesting little side note, actually my high school counselor, um, Dale Teeter and actually teammate of my dad's in high school was part of that team. Um, and so I saw him, uh, I saw him there out there at half court and, um, taking in part of that celebration. And then obviously as well as the well-known Rick Wanamaker and Iowa Realty, um, as well was, was, was there and, um, probably the most notable one, but yeah, so it was, it was neat to see those guys out there and obviously get an opportunity to, um, you know, celebrate that and, and and talk about that experience. I even talking with my father-in-law this weekend, he was um, telling me about how he remembers watching that game and, you know, just how big that was and how crazy of a matchup it was to think about those historic UCLA teams against, you know, Des Moines Drake. So um, right. yeah, that, that was neat. It would be un, been fun to be in the nap. That's for sure. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of cool just for, you know, outside of that whole, um, you know, I guess the, uh, having everybody back from that actual team was they announced some of the, um, some of the players from era after that team too, which, which, which were some of them that I played against in college, you know, Adam Emenecker was there as he usually is. Um, I'm Clayton Corver was out there, Nick Grant and Leonard Houston. Um, all of those guys that I played against that, that had that team um, in 08 that actually won the, won the Valley and made it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I believe they got knocked out of the NCAA tournament that year by uh, Western Kentucky in the first round, but uh, obviously a great team. And, and it was kind of cool for me to get to talk to those guys again, too. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I was talking to actually one of my, uh, um, one of my former teammates that was there. And until this week, I honestly had no idea they made the final four and let alone after I'm doing some research for this podcast, they actually beat North Carolina in the consolation game. So they were third place in the entire nation. Um, I honestly don't think that gets enough play around here in Des Moines, but uh, um, I guess maybe I'm the minority in that one. Um, kind of funny looking through the the Missouri Valley conference during that time, you know, you have um, obviously Drake, North Texas state, uh, yeah, Memphis State in there, Tulsa, Louisville, um, and so kind of, so kind of funny how the, you know, that there is a lot of talk about conference realignment, but Missouri Valley has realigned itself quite a bit since that time. Obviously, a while ago, but um, but kind of cool to look back at some of those years. Yeah, and I believe wasn't that uh, like thirty-two teams got into the tournament at that time too? I know it was a much smaller field too. So the fact that you know, Drake got in, even got in, and then was obviously able to win their way um, as far as they right. just just adds. And it, like you said, to mention beating North Carolina, um, the fact that they a, played a constellation game and, you know, B, obviously beat um, a program of that level. And then obviously yeah. what uh, UCLA and the Wizard of Westwood and 
the dynasty that they were on to, <laughs> to basically have a chance in that game too. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes to be able to win that. And then, uh, you know, kind of falter down the stretches um, speaks volume for, for that program. And like you said, I, you know, I know a lot of people, I feel remember it and I know that they reference, you know, kind of the buzz that that created, but uh, you know, this, this many years later, it does seem like it's, it's kind of something that, you know, is almost forgotten. So it was nice for those guys to, um, to really be recognized again. Absolutely. And I just, just looked it up, Brian, in 1969, there were 25 teams in the NCAA tournament that year. So, um, so pretty cool that they got to obviously made it in, uh, in that list of um, not, very, not very many schools in the NCAA tournament, but uh, you know, as far as, as far as the game goes, um, you know, obviously a couple of days after here, we get a chance to uh, I guess digest and, and review all the, all the stats and all the highlights and stuff. Um, you know, pretty fun game to watch, uh, you know, as a, um, as a UNI alum, obviously would have rather had a, had a better out, outcome, but um, you know, as I mentioned, it was a fun game. I thought the Panthers played well. Um, you know, Drake, I, I felt played tempo. And so I thought you and I hung with them, uh, as long as they could, obviously. And, you know, just couldn't get over that hump, but, uh, I know you, you had a chance to watch some of the game and review some of the stats from the Drake side. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, it was, um, you know, going back to a little bit and I know you and I talked about afterwards after the game, but, uh, you know, our, our preview and going in and what the Bulldogs were going to need to do to be able to, um, come away with a, a W in that game was, um, like you mentioned, playing with pace, and they definitely continued to attack and and um, um, constantly throughout the game push the ball in transition. Uh, the guards needed to contribute was my second key uh, going into that, and um, they certainly did that. Obviously, DJ in the second half really kind of turned it on and um, was making plays and gotten a ended up scoring eighteen, and you know Brady had twelve as well, and uh, Noah Thomas. And while he only had seven points, he also had three steals and only committed one turnover. Um, so those guys definitely contributed. And then the last one uh, key I had was at the free throw line. And the Bulldogs must have listened to me on that as well because they went 17 for 18 from the free throw line, um, which, you know, is a ton. I mean, they're averaging 12 and a half a game and to get up in 17. And like we said in our previous podcast, they're just shooting a high percentage from the line. So, so that was good to see. And, um, and we talked about that 65 number, you know, it was back and forth and, you know, I, I, I had the expectations that, you know, you and I, or you and I would obviously hang around and be able to do some things defensively. And then, uh, they did hit some big shots and kept it close there late into the second half. And, um, once it kind of got even more of an up and down match there and we got into the seventies, you know, I continued to, to feel a little bit better about the, about the situation and, and the outcome for the Bulldogs. One of the stats that I had um, had a circle around here on my end was the free throw uh, was free throw line. You know, Bulldogs, as you mentioned, seventeen for eighteen. Panthers only shot six, and um, you know, made uh, I guess only missed a couple of those. But you know, that's that's essentially where the game was won. You know, they each team shot about fifty percent uh, shot. Um, you know, a low percentage from the three point line. Uh, Drake was about thirty three percent. You and I was about forty percent. Um, so when you, when you, when you couple those things together, um, you know, that, that essentially should probably be right around the tie game. And then, you know, you add in, uh, how Drake made about 13 more free throws. That's, that's the game right there. Um, you know, from the, 
at, at the game, you know, being there, you know, we talked about last time at the McLeod Center, um, how Nick McGlynn, in my opinion, got outplayed by, by Luke McDonald. And that, that definitely was not the case this time. Um, the watching the game and, and, uh, you know, watching the front line, it was definitely evident that, um, you know, that you and I needs, needs some work there. You know, they, they have Luke McDonald in there. Who's, who can score the basketball, um, who can, who's very good at, uh, at um, passing the basketball, but he's just not, not the biggest big guy in the world. You know, he, he got, he got shoved around quite a bit by Nick McGlynn there. And then he put in Justin Dahl, who is a bigger body, you know, seven foot um, wide, you know, called big guy. And he's not, not very skilled on the offensive end. So you're, you know, you got to give and take. We don't really, you and I doesn't really have that guy. That's, that's all of those. Um, and, you know, honestly for Drake, Nick McGlynn is that guy. He's a big body. He's strong down low. He can score the basketball and he's good on the defensive end. So I thought he was one of the reasons why, why Drake came out with a W as well. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> he has his 22 points, uh, seven rebounds that he had was, was obviously big for the Bulldogs. And um, obviously his energy as well, he, you know, he, he was fired up. He was ready to go. You know, he looked four years being a senior there, um, seeing that nap center in Iraq and then everything that was going on. Um, you could just tell that he, he came ready to go, seemed to be locked in. And, and like you said, obviously you and I, they, they've had some struggles, you know, down low in the post uh, here this year. And, you know, in years past, they always seem to have those two guys. Uh, they usually have one, one body, one bruiser in there, and then one guy that's pretty skilled. You know, and right now they have one that's pretty skilled and don't really have that other guy that they can um, lean on as far as get in there and push some guys around, maybe use up a few fouls or whatever. And so <laughs> that, that definitely hurt them. I think, um, you know, that was that was big for them, just getting that presence inside. And um, like we mentioned, going to the free throw line, I mean, the free throw line was the difference on that. And um, <clears throat> as we both know from the playing days, it's the, the more aggressive team is the one that's going to find themselves at the free throw line. Um, and I think right. that was that was the difference, you know, the uh, on Saturday between the two teams. And shout out to McGlynn, uh scored his 1,000th point during that game. Congratulations, Nick. That's a that's a pretty awesome accomplishment. Um, and you know, you think about him being a uh, being his last year. You know, the you know previous three years had some struggles with uh, you know as far as the team goes. Um, you know, not very much success um, here. Uh, but, here last two or three years and to see that 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 many people at the nap center you know that as as loud as they got that's that's got to be a pretty awesome feeling for him so you know happy for him that um you know they're doing well and happy for him for scoring that thousand point you're right his energy is is absolutely unmatched by anybody i've seen in the valley this year good win for drake um you know they stay a couple games back of loyola in the Missouri Valley standings, um, with a with a matchup with SIU right now, um, and a couple of big games coming up here for the Bulldogs as well. Yeah, including actually, that's what I was just going to cut in here. I'm why I got the Drake game going right now. Um, two things: one, I was going to say going into uh, this game tonight, uh, Nick McGlynn, as you mentioned, uh, in the career that he's put together, was five blocks away, I believe, from setting the school record, and uh, is sitting at four right now. So his last awesome. I think it's 28, 28 seconds left. Um, if he doesn't get this game, obviously he'll get it in the next one. Um, but yeah, so he's sitting with 10, 13 and four. Um, and so he's, he's had another solid game again, just kind of being the staple for the Bulldogs. And 
this game here is uh, coming down, coming down to the wire. The Bulldogs have have led most of the way, um, but with the bucket there, cuts it to two with twenty three seconds left. So, uh, so and, yeah, so this and, will be you know, a, is a tough place place to play down there in Carbondale. So a win down there would be would be no easy feat. Yeah, so we'll be. I'll be anxious to see kind of how all this shakes out. But like you said, I mean the valley. Um, and we keep saying it, it, it's continuing to be open. Um, it seems like Loyola has kind of settled in and found a little bit more of their groove. But, uh, you know, that was a big win for the Bulldogs just to obviously in-state rival, be able to get past you and I, be able to um, bounce back from that loss uh, up in Cedar Falls and, you know, to be able to put themselves in an opportunity to continue to compete, uh, not only for the conference, but uh, as we keep talking about, when you get down to St. Louis and get out of that first day um, and give yourself a chance in that tournament. Right. And, you know, from the UNI side, another, um, you know, another, uh, I guess another tough loss that you were, you know, in for most of the game. And, um, you know, just kind of looking through the stats, here, you know, AJ had 19 uh, shot, shot 20 times. Uh, was nine for 21 for seven from the three point line. Um, and you know, we've talked about it before as a freshman, it's tough to kind of, it's tough to walk into a college atmosphere, um, you know, and contribute right oh. away. And I guess, let alone uh, to be the, um, you know, the, the main guy or the guy on the team. So uh, he played, he played pretty well, um, you know, had a couple of costly turnovers there, which he has done the entire season. Um, you know, but it's a give and take with him. And I think once they get him a little bit more help on the offensive end, he'll stop trying to force, force things and hopefully be more of a contributor. Um, and then as we talked about, you know, the free throws were big, uh, front line was big. McGlynn outplayed everybody on you and I's front line. Um, and the pace of, of the game, like I mentioned, was in the Bulldogs favor. You know, I thought the, the Panthers stuck to it and were, were a lot closer than I thought they'd be if the pan or excuse me if the Bulldogs got their way um, and played the pace that they wanted to. But uh, um, you know, overall, like I said, fun game to watch, but another another tough loss for the Panthers. You know, you talk about AJ Green. That was probably for another episode, but we're gonna really uh, here as we get down the stretch, we're gonna have to talk about uh, possible freshman of the year uh, right. in the conference and what that looks like because obviously DJ. Um, is is right there with him too i know uh, maybe not quite as um maybe doesn't quite get the accolades or the publicity that maybe aj does just coming in but uh yeah what, what dj's continuing to do and um you know the numbers he's been able to put up uh you know i, I think it'll be it'll be a good race i think it is those two and um uh what's his name over at valparaiso valpo uh, yeah yeah, uh, you know he's 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 done really well for them as well, and so I think it's a, a three horse race. But um, depending on how things shake out, it, it'll come down. I think between the two that we got right here in the state, and you know yeah. they're both fun. They're both fun to watch. Um, you know we've obviously talked considerably about them here on the podcast, and so uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Here we got uh, real quick update. <laughs> we got sixty eight, sixty six with fourteen seconds to go uh, in the straight game, and. Brady Ellingson, um, you know, one of the other guys we've talked quite a bit about in his senior, senior leadership actually just got fouled, go to the free throw line. Um, awesome. Knock both these, knock both these down and uh, sneak He's out of here. He's probably one of the ones win. you want to be on the free throw line at that point. He is, absolutely. They, they, uh, they got uh, Garrett Sturts in a trap uh, last time and uh, 
heady heady player that he is that called timeout and we were able to get it to Ellington nice. here on this one and um knocked down the first. So so hopefully the Bulldogs will be able awesome. to hold on and uh hold on and get another good it looks like they yeah, it looks like they will. But yeah, going back to the freshman of the year, you know, we'll definitely have to have to talk about that um, here in a podcast coming up. It's it's you know whether it's an MVP, whether it's freshman of the year, rookie of the year, you know it argument debate on is it is it a big deal or is it worth anything to be on a winning winning team? Right? I mean, AJ Green probably probably better offensively than I would say DJ Wilkins, but overall you look at the entire I mean, picture. I mean, on Saturday, Wilkins played the entire game. He didn't sit one minute. Yeah. And for, for a freshman to do that um, is, is big time anyway, but for a coach to trust a freshman to do that is in my opinion, says a lot. So it'll be, it'll be a tough race. I think we, we do have the two, two, I guess, top dogs in that race here in the state. Um, and these next couple of weeks will be uh, will be a good will be a good race and a good thing to watch on that front too. What uh, what do you got for an say, update? Uh, speaking of DJ, we have him going to the line um, with seven seconds left here in a one point game. Uh, SAU came down and hit a deep three, uh, so we're at seventy sixty nine. Um, DJ coming to shoot two, <laughs> shoot two here. So again, um, big moment here for a young kid to be able to step up and made the first one. And hopefully uh, hit two big free throws on the road. And like you said, it, it's it's obviously the numbers, and you look at the points per game and the rebound and the shooting percentage and that both those guys are um, able to do. But you mentioned some of the un made of both. Um, some of the things that just so that coaches trust and belief in him and being able to uh, you know impact the game on both ends of the floor and you know, not be a liability on on either side. Um, Clock ran out on him. 72, 69. Uh, good, good luck for the Bulldogs there um, on the road. Another interesting thing, actually, was I was watching the broadcast. Um, Ray Giacoletti was actually calling the game uh, for all you uh, Bulldog fans out there. Awkward. <laughs> Bulldog fans out there. <laughs> At, at first, um, actually, when they said their name, I thought that one of them misspoke and thought that maybe like Ray Giacoletti was still the Bulldogs coach. And then I was still like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, sure enough, um, Ray Giacoletti wow. was calling this game on uh, ESPN Plus, which is, which is kind of interesting. But Interesting. Um, well, let's do this. You know, this was a, a lot of fun, like I said, watching that game and, uh, you know, talking about it here in the next couple of weeks here for both teams. But um, go to our Twitter page and we will have um, we will have an updated freshman of the year uh, poll out there for you guys to vote on AJ Green or DJ Wilkins. Let's see who wins on Twitter and then we'll see who wins at the end of the year here. But uh, again, Brian, it was it was it was fun. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. Um, and as I mentioned, reach out to us uh, on Twitter. Uh, check on that on the poll here right now. Should be up. And um, reach out to us on Facebook, too. We're at the Shooter's Touch, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Have a great night, everybody.